more motivation on Good News Time. Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. Yeah, that's we tuned to a warm hearted good morning. I'm taking you down to Cape Town at the moment, speaking to a brother in Christ there, Calvin Lewis. And you might wonder, why is Calvin on air with us? Well, recently I had somebody phoning me from Cape Town and says, Where can I find a church? where the Word of God, the undiluted Word of God is preached. Now, being up in Gauteng here in Pretoria, it's kind of difficult, and uh, been on radio now for the last almost 30 years, started phoning around, and I found a good brother in Christ, Rocky Stevenson. Yeah, you heard me right, Benoni Bible Church. And he said to me, listen, if you're looking for somebody who loves the Word of the Lord passionately, phone this guy. His name is Calvin Lewis. He's an evangelist. He's a, a pastor. He is a church planter. He's a man who loves the Word of the Lord passionately. Calvin Lewis, good morning to you and welcome. How are you keeping? Uh, good morning, President. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, what a pleasure. Calvin, it's wonderful to have you on board. Where do we start with you? Are you a Cape Townian by birth, or are you from up here and immigrated down to the Western Cape? How did you end up in the in the Western Cape? Okay, so I'm from Johannesburg. I was born below the tracks, the horse racing tracks in Lindmayer, uh, Alberton. Uh, my late father was a jockey, and um, when I was four years old, um, he took his life uh, to try to take my mother's life, but he uh, didn't succeed, and she survived um, the shooting, and then he took his own life. And my mother recovered and came out the coma. She packed up everything in Johannesburg and moved to Cape Town. So since four years old, I'm a Cape Townian. I've been living here all my life. Wow. Starting a new life, so to speak. Talking about a new life. Where did the Lord Jesus Christ became a reality for you? The uh, T.D. Jake says we are born with a virus condemning us to hell. And, and somewhere, somehow, we've, we, we need to realize that we are lost souls. Where did the reality of Christ uh, became a reality in your life? Where did you accept him as Lord, King, and Savior? Okay, so I grew up in Catron. My mother put me into a grammar school, private school, uh, attached to the cathedral in Catron, Anglican. And uh, so I did my old schooling there. And uh, she put me boarding school as well. I was told that uh, if I sing in the choir, then uh, I'll get a discount. Uh, she got a discount on the school fees. So guess what? Uh, I was put into the choir. So I grew up in my church. Um, but uh, I, I didn't meet the Lord there. Then I left there, and um, after schooling, I uh, did national service, survived that uh, for two years in Grandstown and on the border. And um, living in Cape Town, although I left the horse racing industry in Johannesburg when we moved to Cape Town, my grandmother had the catering contracts in the horse racing year. So I also grew up in the horse racing world, but on the catering side. And so I grew to have a love for um, cooking, etc. I spent some time there as a chef and assistant catering manager. Then eventually left there. Um, then I came to a restaurant uh, in the waterfront. I worked in a restaurant there as a chef. Uh, I've even worked in a bottle store. 
um, managing that. And then I was given the opportunity to join Nando's. And I, my store in, was in Central Cape Town, became the fifth store in uh, Nando's back in 91, 93, somewhere around there, 93, I think. And then uh, I began working there, long hours. Um, we closed the store at 4 o'clock on a Sunday, uh, a, a Friday night and a Saturday night, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the next morning, so it was long hours. But I, uh, I made friends um, with one of the partners, and one day um, I was in another church now, and I arrived home. Um, but I used to play the organ in the church, so I sort of learned that in the cathedral, so I did it as a hobby. I was paid to do it, um, so I'd listened to thousands of messages. But one Sunday I arrived home, the phone was ringing, and my friend was on the line, and he said, Tell goodbye, I'm dying. And uh, I got quite a shock, and I said to my wife, Sue, uh, I said, let me just go to his house quickly. So I raced through to his house, took me about 20 minutes to get there. I called his brother, and uh, he was the director of Nando's at that time, and I called his partner to go to his house. I believe they could get there quicker than I could. But when I arrived, uh, the partner had sent an armed response company to the house, and they came out the house, and they said to me, there's nobody here on the property. So I said to them, just hang on. I went into the house. I was standing in the kitchen. His brother phoned me, Francois, and said to me, um, why don't you go look along the beachfront? Maybe he's sitting somewhere there. And as I put the phone off, a voice said to me in my head, he's in the garage. Um, I turned, and there was a door in the kitchen. I went in there. He was busy in his car, busy gassing himself. Uh, pulled him out, got him out on the tarmac, uh, the armed response called the ambulance. I gave him um, CPR, and eventually his eyes opened, and eventually started breathing again. And at that moment, I came face to face with God, because I suddenly realized everything went sort of slow-mo, and I realized that um, this could not have happened by chance. Um, for me to get here in time to save this guy's life. And I realized that it has to be God, and I've heard the gospel, but it didn't penetrate. But I suddenly realized that if God knows everything that's going on here, then for the very first time in my life, I realized that he knew everything about me. And I might have been in church uh, Sunday to Sunday, played the organ and doing all of that stuff, but I suddenly saw myself as the biggest hypocrite, the chiefest of sinners that I know, and I realized that God had every right, right there and then, to send me straight out, and he would be justified in doing that. Wow. But I had heard the gospel, and at that moment, it took one look to him, and he saved me. Um, and I experienced his grace, and his mercy, and um, I struggled with that for about two weeks. Couldn't understand how I could use this sinner to go and save somebody else. And um, just his grace and his mercy were so overwhelming. But um, so I, wanna, I sort of got on with it. I yes. want to ask you here, Calvin, what was your family's response here 
You are a new person in Christ. The Bible says, by the fruit, a tree is known. Surely they recognize a lot of things that's changed about you. What was their response? Well, you see, for, uh, well, that began a journey for both my wife and myself. My wife had been saved um, much earlier. She had been saved at the age of 13 or 14, but was never discipled, was never taught really much. So that was really an awakening for us. And immediately the Lord gave me a passion, a desire to share my testimony with others and to share the gospel with others that they needed to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone uh, for salvation. And without which they would not uh, be able to go to heaven and would not have a personal relationship with him. So that had a ripple effect and cousins were saved. Uh, Other family shunned me. Uh, We don't get together anymore. Um, as we used to, uh, they, they didn't know how to handle me after that. But uh, wherever I went since that day, I, I just have a passion to share the gospel. And one of the reasons for that main desire is because up till then, I was 32 years old when I got saved, 19th of November 1995. And no priest in all my years no other pastor has ever sat me down and asked me, am I saved? Do I know Jesus Christ personally? Have I called on the name of the Lord to be saved? And I vowed that that day, never, I would tell everybody um, and ask everybody, do they know the Lord? So if, if you know me and I meet people very soon in the conversation, I may just drop a, a question in, like, do you know the Lord? Uh, are you saved? And uh, anyway, so the church I was in, um, I was not really learning much there, but uh, God in his wisdom and mercy and grace sent a uh, brethren, itinerant missionary across my path, and he began feeding me books. And so I began learning, and eventually I moved to a church uh, where the Bible was taught, and where I could be taught what the scriptures really say yeah. and um, be trained. And so I started training, not not particularly for ministry. Yeah. I was still in members at this time. Calvin, there are 400,000 people, we are told, listening to Radio Pulpit on AM, uh-huh. on 729 Radio K Pulpit, on the internet, on Facebook, on our YouTube channel, 400,000 people. It is amazing yeah. that you've been in the church choir, you've done all Christian things in inverted commas, yes. uh, busy with the things of God as opposed to the God of the things. You've got 400,000 yes. people listening to you right now. You have an opportunity to ask that question from the depth of your soul. Sure. So um, let me ask you all, uh, do you have a personal relationship with the God of this universe, the creator God, Jesus Christ? One of the verses that really stood out to me, and still today, if I look back on these verses, that really explain this. Uh, The Bible says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. I was all of that. 
but nobody was catching me. Yeah. And I was in the church and doing all that stuff, but nobody was really catching me. And almost all of those things I can say, yes, applied to my life. So, so we're really and truly living in the last days. The Bible says in Timothy, men will gather unto themselves preachers who soothe their ears and who, who, who preach fables. We are really and truly, do you find also that we're living in a, a day and age where fables are preached, ears are th- soothed, and, and there are preachers who says, peace, peace, you know, it is all right. Yes. There's no such thing as sinning, you know, there's the unchurched. I've even been to a church where they spoke about the unchurched as opposed to the word sin for fear of people leaving that church. How, how, yes. how... Uh, how serious is the situation in our country? Is there still uh, word-loving, God-loving pulpits where the undiluted word of the Lord is preached? Yes, definitely. And, uh, and God called me into ministry. I stepped out of my business um, almost 20 years ago now and uh, stepped out my faith and... Uh, and didn't know where the next cent was coming from. And for the last 20 years, God has taken care of me. I thank God for the men that he brought into my life to, to teach the truth of the Word of God. And I began to be involved in church planting in Malmesbury, in uh, Paul, and uh, then began a church in my home with the goal and intention to teach the Word of God and one of the most important things about studying the Word of God and, and preaching the Word of God is that we preach in a grammatical, historical, and literal context. I believe that every word that's in the Bible is God-breathed. God put it there for a reason. I don't spiritualize anything. We preach the Word of God as it is. There's only one meaning to the Word of God, but a million, con- uh, million applications can be drawn from that yeah. to one's personal life. But I sincerely believe there's only one meaning. All right. The, the state of the church, I, I can speak for the state of the church in Cape Town around us. Yes, they're falling away faster than anything, giving in to uh, the rest of the world, following worldliness and uh, twisting the word of God, taking things out of the word of God. Uh, I really don't understand how people can stay in churches that suddenly don't believe that Satan exists. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. don't believe that Jesus is the only way. That Jesus is God. Yes. Yeah. That don't believe that Jesus is God, that he's just a God. Yeah. Um, that don't believe that God will judge sinners. Yeah, you know, yeah. do, do not be deceived. People are deceived all over. Yeah. Uh, uh, sexual immorality is tolerated. It's, it's, it's rife yes. all over all over the earth. Uh, it's still yes. it's still how do we how do we you involved with faith fellowship now in Cape Town. You've yes. planted churches in Marmersbury. Let's change gears here. Was it not so a paar minute oor? Jy is betrokke by a kerk in Marmersbury. Jy is betrokke by a kerk in, in die Perl. Uh, ook die Tijgerberg Bible Baptiste kerk is jy betrokke by. Um, hoe het ja. jy by die kerke betrokke geraak? Faith Fellowship, hoe het jy daar betrokke geraak? So Faith Fellowship, uh, the, the one in Marmersbury and Paul, uh, I was being trained. And uh, we started planting, started Bible study, eventually those two are churches. And then I started a church in my house. We had two people, then four people, then none, then one, two, three, 
now we meet at the Devonville Memorial Park and uh, our church is totally multicultural, which has then spawned off another church in the Fasanta Township. And uh, I have colleagues that work alongside me, brother um, Jim and Philip. And Philip uh, trained in our ministry and uh, we ordained into the gospel ministry. And then I'm supported as a missionary, um, an academic baptist of Munta, and about two years ago, he passed the resign. So now, I guess now the imprisonment, and also the woman he made, academic baptist of Munta, and they meet in Everglen. And uh, it's amazing how God works. I never treated this in my life that I would ever speak Afrikaans again since leading the army, and especially since you cannot use army Afrikaans in the church. Uh, <laughs> and so, God has got a sense of humor as well. Eh? The Lord is, is a gracious Lord, isn't he? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So God is so good. And uh, I, I have a burden and a passion, and, and every message that is preached, some of the gospel is going to come out because... I never take it for granted that people are saved. And uh, yeah. I, I would, the, my biggest fear is that somebody could sit in a church and die and go to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, still, the truth. It, is still, yeah. Uh, it is still love that conquers the heart. I'm going to ask you a question just now. Get a pen and paper ready. I'm going to ask Calvin for contact details, email address. Maybe you want to write him an email or contact him on social media. Get a pen and paper ready because uh, it's no longer where you lost, left it. Your wife took it. Your husband took it. The kids took it away. So get that pen and paper or open your uh, contacts on your cell phone. Get it ready. He's going to share his contact information in a moment. It is still love that conquers the heart. I could never believe, as you said, that Jesus could save a sinner like me. I struggled with that because, man, you know, Paul said the chief of sinners. But it's still love that conquers the heart. What would your message be to him or her that has fallen into sin, that has fallen by the wayside? Is he the God of the second chance? Is he the God of the first chance, the third chance, the fourth chance that says, come to me, Isaiah 118, though your sins were like scarlet, I will wash you as wool. Can you testify to that? Yes, and uh, even though you, you may be all these sinful things right now, um, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Jesus came to this earth to seek and save lost sinners. And it's God's work. It's not your work. You can't clean yourself up. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. This is a work of God. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. Yeah. You see, you cannot boast. I, I can boast I was in church for 32 years, but I would have died and gone straight to hell had it not been for the grace of God, the convicting work of the Spirit of God, to convict me that I was an absolute sinner. The key, and I had, had no relationship with God. The key, but in His grace and by His mercy, He saved us sinner. The key to eternal life. Romans 8. Read it all the way. Romans 10 from verse 8. Yeah. All the way. Read it down there. The key to eternal life. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Calvin, uh, a brother, a sister want to get hold of you? Maybe looking for a church in the Western Cape? Where can they get hold of you? Okay, so my cell number is 082-528-0875. 
0875. Email address? Uh, C-A-L. Yeah. S-U-M-Y. Yeah. At gmail.com. Uh, at Kalsumi at gmail.com. Kalsumi at gmail.com. As simple as that. C-A-L-S-U-M-Y. Kalsumi at gmail.com. The Lord bless you, my brother. Can you believe it? 20 minutes down the tube. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your, your passion, your heart for the Lord this morning. And thank you for challenging our hearts. Do we have a life relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Can we freely testify Jesus is God? Calvin Lewis, the Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you, Reverend. May the Lord bless you all. Thank you.